0: Today's sermon is entitled, Spirit Power, Spirit Power, Powering the Kingdom, Spirit Power, Powering the Kingdom. Uh, watch this now. Look at this. Let me share with you this morning this wonderful concept of Spirit Power. Join our driving And Joy asked, is that a power plant over there? She didn't say it like that, but she said, said, is that a power plant over there? And I thought, hmm, it got me to thinking. Uh, And so the place, listen, I said, well, yeah, I think so. You know, you've seen the power plant. You see it in the picture. Put the picture back on the screen. The picture looks like the power plant looks something like that. You know, you see all the smoke and the lights and all that kind of stuff. So check this out. Check this out. The power plant is the place where power is generated, watch this now, to power a specific place, a city or area or region. Watch this now, this is is big. The power plant, listen, the power plant is the place where power is generated, where the power is pulled together to power not just one house, but a city. Listen to me. An area or a region. So the power plant has a lot of wattage if it's trying to power an entire city. Watch this now. Power plant is different from the power socket in your wall. Uh, A power plant is different from the socket in your wall in your house. Many of us just go to the socket and you think, oh, that's where power comes from. No, the power is not in your wall. The power comes from the power plant that is not only giving power to your house, but it's power to your neighbor, is power to your neighbor's neighbor. And so that's why when Southern California Edison comes out to read your meter, they are tracking how much power you have pulled from the plant. Oh, God, if I had time, I'd say that church on Sunday is a way to read your meter. Now, it's a way to see how much power have you pulled from the plant this week. Oh, God, you're preaching already. I said I wasn't going to, I got to calm down. The socket is local. Watch this now. The Holy Spirit, though, is for the whole city. Many people think that the Holy Spirit is just local per you, that God is just per you. But you have to remember that God is supplying power for an entire kingdom. Ah, watch this now. So the socket is local, but the Holy Spirit is for the whole city. So in essence, the plant is the source, but the socket is the resource. Watch this now. So even though you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in you is still operating through you as a resource. The source is the Holy Spirit, which is coming from the power plant. So I ask you the question, where is your power source? Where do you get your power from what in you is generating power i don't want to just be a businessman without power what is what good is it to give me a ceo position but i have no authority to make any decisions Ah god listen to me Why would you want to be head of a household that no one respects you in and you have no authority or rule? How about this? I'm not even talking about authority or power over others. How about power over yourself? How about the nature of self-control? Being able to have the power you need to tell you how to behave. Ah, God, listen to me. me. Let me show you this. Let's break this down further. Now, let me explain this to you. I had I had to go to ER this week um, and the doctor says, the doctor, they were looking at my heart. You know, anytime you call and you say something happened with your heart, your heart, you know, your heart, uh, they're going to send you to the ER, right? All right. So I went to the ER this week, had some stuff happening in the heart. Doctor says, though, they ran some tests. Doctor says, my electrolytes look great. He said, great. Joy even said, did he say great? Not just good? Yes, my electrolytes look great. He said, now watch this. Here's the key. He said, they, your electrolytes are the power sparks that trigger your heart to beat. In other words, the electrolytes are the spark that makes your heart go boom, boom. If you don't have electrolytes, then you don't have something to make your heart beat. So my question is, where do you get your power from or where do you get your spark from? How are your what? My question is, listen, my question is, Sharitha, how are your spiritual electrolytes? Do they spark anything in your life? Is anything sparking inside of you, like a spark plug is needed to fire up an engine? Who has a gas stove out there? And you hear that click when you turn the gas on. You hear that click, 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 and then the the flame comes on, right? And don't hold the click click too long. Too much gas come out, you blow up. No, but the click is to provide the spark. It's the power. That's why the oven has some way to be plugged in. It needs a spark. It needs a power to create a spark, to create the gas, the connection, the combustion, to be able to give you the source that you need. So without power, watch this now, you cannot be a city that is set on a hill to give light to those around you. Without power, you cannot give light to those around you let me explain to you. Watch this now. Look at this. This slide says the Holy Spirit is synonymous with power. So the Holy Spirit is synonymous with power. You see how I'm hooking this up. We're talking about the power. We're talking about the Holy Spirit is synonymous with power. So to this point, listen, to this point, we have viewed the Holy Spirit is wind and force that produces action, right? We have talked about the Holy Spirit as wind or as a force that produces action. Today, we want to look at him as a power entity of the Godhead as in authority. Watch this now. So the Holy Spirit provides the ability for you to have authority, that God has a kingdom, a kingdom, a domain in which he rules That extends far beyond you as an individual. And wherever there is power, watch this, write this down. Wherever there is power, there has to be a platform for the expression of use. I'll say that again. Wherever there is power, there has to be a platform for the expression of use. In other words, something has to be created to enact that power. There is no point of having power that cannot be used. What I'm trying to say is that this power operates in the platform of God's kingdom. I'm teaching a little Ben. Watch this now. In other words, many people talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, but hold on. What I'm trying to say is that the power of the Holy Spirit operates as a power plant to generate power for the entire kingdom of God. Oh, so in other words, many have been taught that the Holy Spirit only shows up in church and causes people to speak in tongues and that it's just an individual thing you use when you pray. Oh, no. Contrary, mon frere. The Holy Spirit is the power source that provides power for the entire kingdom of God. Woo! Can you, man, the spirit is power in a kingdom. In other words, the kingdom is a sphere. It is a dimension. It is a domain. Watch this now that the Holy Spirit is the power plant For a dimension that is outside of yourself that cannot be seen, he is powering ah, the whole kingdom of God. Watch this now. The only way, here it is, the only way, Carmen, you can get into that kingdom is by the Spirit. You enter the kingdom of God by the Spirit of God. And when you enter by the Spirit, you get to access the power of God. Now, this this power won't act on your behalf. This power acts only on the behalf of the king who is ruler of this domain. So those of you who have the notion that the Holy Spirit is your puppet who goes around doing whatever you say, if you walk around saying, I claim it and I name it and this and that, you're wrong. If what you're claiming and naming ain't part of God's kingdom, listen, it is is God's rule. It is God's kingdom. It is not your rule. So note, the kingdom speaks, listen, the kingdom speaks of Christ's rule over all the world, not just the church not just the church, the church helps in the manifesting the kingdom. So when we talk about power in the kingdom, we're also talking about rule and authority. So the power of the spirit in our lives impacts who rules and has authority. No kingdom is effective without the power of rule. There's no point in setting up a kingdom if nobody's in charge. So God has a kingdom and he rules in it with Power. All right. You're tracking. So check this out. So we have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is very clearly, uh, put it back on the screen, the rule of the sovereign God over all the universe. So get this now. Stay, keep it there. Get this now. The kingdom of God is the rule of the sovereign God over all the universe. So the Holy Spirit provides power for the rule of the sovereign God over every continent, country, region, city, nation, locality. He is everywhere geographically to provide the power that God needs to accomplish the things he wants to accomplish in this earth. Uh, Watch this now. So then, listen, we get into this, this relationship with God And we become cohorts. We become ambassadors of Christ to work in his kingdom. You talk about royalty. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Listen, we are governors. We are mayors. We are chiefs. We are CEOs. We are commanders. We are generals. We are lieutenant sergeants in the kingdom of God. And we have been placed in the earth to utilize this power to bring God's kingdom rule on the earth. Are you tracking? Is it making sense, Joy? I hope they're following. So listen, there are three aspects to the kingdom. The kingdom has an Old Testament perspective, which we get the view. We get an understanding of what the kingdom looks like. It's It's an actual monarchy. It's a kingdom that has a ruler and a domain, like the kingdom of Israel. We talk about they had a king, you know, King David and Solomon and all those. This was the kingdom at that time. It was the earthly kingdom. But then watch this now. It changes, Dolores. It changes in the New Testament. The kingdom comes with Jesus when he comes to earth. I feel, T. I feel him now. So in the Old Testament, we had earthly kings but we had to take it up another notch. And the kingdom comes when Jesus came to earth and he comes again. When he comes again, he's going to bring a future an advanced and updated perspective of the kingdom. So the kingdom comes, watch this, when the king arrives. Listen, so the rule and the power comes when the ruler and the authority of the king comes. So the kingdom, watch this, is is to announce and perform a sweeping reform in the earth. So when Jesus came, he brought the power. So remember Jesus said, the kingdom is here. And he says, I go away and I'm bringing, I'm leaving you the power of the Holy Spirit, which will enable you to be my witnesses. We preached that last week. He will give you power to do actions in the earth. And those actions are to bring sweeping reform. What does that mean? To take the bad and make it good, to make the dark and make it light, to take the sick and make it healthy. Watch this now. Then there's one final point about a future kingdom. The future kingdom in the Bible is the concept of the seed sown. Listen, it's the harvest is coming, the reaping of souls who chose Christ, et cetera. God is our eternal ruler and Lord forever. So this kingdom is yet to come. So we have the kingdom of the Old Testament, which is typified by the the children of Israel. Then we have the kingdom coming with Jesus coming on earth. The kingdom is here. We'll talk about that a little later. And then we have the kingdom that is yet to come in the future where he rules, where every uh, knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Earth shall be his footstool and heaven shall be his throne and he will rule everybody and everything. He'll take the Antichrist and put him in the abyss and give him the second death and put him in the lake of fire fire forever. He'll deal with the devil completely. The future kingdom, a rule on another level. God is still ruling the devil right now, but the devil has been given certain levels of permissions to do. But when the kingdom comes in the future, I got to feel I feel preachy. So watch this now. The kingdom is a kingdom. Watch this. It's a kingdom of power. Write this down. It is a kingdom of power. Number one, it is a kingdom of providence, meaning it is a kingdom where God works through actions and circumstances, and it is a kingdom of his presence. So the kingdom comes to bring power. The kingdom comes to bring interaction through providence, and the kingdom comes to bring God's presence. So when the kingdom is here, that means God is here. When the kingdom is here, it means the ruler is here. When, the, as long, Listen here, if the kingdom is gone, you in trouble. Ain't nobody running this camp. So the point of this message is to help you see that there are three aspects of this kingdom. The secret of belonging to the kingdom lies in belonging to him. Who you wit? Uh, I'm sorry, I digress. Uh, but who you wit? do you belong to God? And if you belong to God, then you belong to the kingdom. What I'm doing, LaWanda, is I'm educating you to understand that you are not isolated and alone. You are part of the kingdom of God. Somebody say kingdom of God. Watch this now. The spirit reveals God to us, and thereby he reveals the kingdom to us. So how should we see the kingdom today, Joyce? How should we see the kingdom today, Tony? I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to tell you. We should see this kingdom. The question is, we should see this kingdom as a rule of God on earth, presently in an unseen dimension. It is revealed to those of us who operate in the spirit. The kingdom is spiritual with noticeable authority. So listen to this carefully. The kingdom, as we should see it now, means there is It is, first of all, it is here. The kingdom is here because the Holy Spirit is here and Jesus is here in our hearts. So the kingdom as a rule of God is on earth presently, but it is in an unseen dimension. The earth and the world cannot see God, but they can only see the effects of God. Ah. So when we do something for God, that's what they see. And so they can equate our power actions with God. Watch this now. So if you don't use your power, if you don't tap into your local socket, then no one can see the effects of the power on your life. Am I helping anybody? I feel like it's getting a little hard. The kingdom is spiritual with noticeable authority. So watch this now. We must walk around as believers understanding that we have power. I want somebody to say, I have power. I have power. And because the kingdom has rule, it has power. And that power is the power of Christ, which manifests as the Holy Spirit. So when the rule is here on earth, that rule comes with power. And that power manifests in the person of the Holy Spirit. The church is part of the kingdom. Listen this carefully, but the kingdom is far bigger than the church. Why do I say that? Because he rules over all the earth. Is everybody saved in the earth? No. So he rules over both the saved and the unsaved. So his kingdom power works not only in the church, it works in the world. Oh, this is good. Come on, listen to me. Watch this now. So the church is part of the kingdom, but the kingdom is bigger than the church. And what I'm trying to intimate to you is that you must see your power as bigger than just religiousness or spirituality in the choir or a deacon in the church. You must see your power in the world at Walmart, at Staples Center or crypto, whatever place it is now. You must see your power as anecdotal to homelessness. You must see your power as anecdotal to all of the trials and tribulation in this world. Is this not helping anybody? So the church, listen, the church will not last forever. Hello. I just want somebody to know that little Ben, that the church will not last forever, Brian in Arkansas. The church, listen, the church will move on. It is here for a job. We are here as the church The convenience of believers to evangelize the world for christ but once christ comes again guess what happens to the church church is done church. We are all in glory. We are worshiping God. We are giving him glory collectively in heaven. So therefore, it is important to know that this power is far greater than your church. And if we are ever to know the rule of God on earth, we must start learning how to exercise our power in a way that gets outside of our church walls. Amen, somebody. So let's look at our first passage today. Let me give you some scripture so you don't think I'm making this stuff up. All right. So, verse 19. Listen, I want to say this first. The king, listen, here's what I want you to know first. The kingdom isn't words, it's power. The kingdom isn't just words, it is power. Now, why do I say that? Look at the text. But I will come, and soon, if the Lord lets me, and then. I'll find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches (coughs) or whether they really have God's power. Mm -hmm. And then verse 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Mm -mm. It is living by God's power. Somebody say power. Power. So verse 21 says, which do you choose? Should I come with a rod to punish you or should I come with love (coughs) and a gentle spirit. So when we look at this, when we look at this verse 19, this helps us to understand that the kingdom is more than just words. So bump all that, all these Christians running around, quoting scriptures, speaking in tongues and talking, talking to talk, but lack power, not impressive. The kingdom of God is about power. In other words, there's no point in God having a kingdom if he doesn't have power to gas the city, to power the city. So the rule in your life is based on, ooh, ooh, this is a quotable. The rule in your life is based on the power in your life. So you are able to rule your house, your job, your friendships, your economy, your finances, your health. You are able to rule, in other words, your rule is based on your power. So if you aren't powered by the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to rule in the earth. Oh, this is good. And the power in your life is based on the Holy Spirit in your life. People assume that power is equated with words. There are some people who think if they can out talk you that they have more power over you. This, my friends, is called arrogance. Arrogant people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, Shanika. All they do is talk. They like to hear themselves talk. This notion is that you think that you can say it better, louder, harder, and stronger. But God is teaching us that we are not powerful because of our words. We're powerful because of the Holy Spirit. So watch this now. A carnal Christian is often a bragging Christian. Oh, I like that one. When I read that, that was good. A carnal Christian, the Christian who runs around talking about how saved they are and how much they prayed this week and how many times they fasted—that's a bragging Christian. And those Christians, most of the time, don't have power. And, and and I tell you, it's the deep. I've been pastoring for over thirty years, boo, of tw- over twenty-something years. Let me tell you something. I have seen. It's usually those real, real, deep, religious, braggadocious Christians who end up be the first one to leave, first one to quit, first one to get divorced, first one to lie, first one to fall out with you. They can't hate, they hate you, they can't stand you, they're going to tell the police on you, they're gossiping, first ones. But the one in the back who doing their best, had a baby out of wedlock, come every now and then when they can, they work graveyard, but get up, still come to church, doing their best to walk with God, those are the ones with power, those are the people I would like to come sometimes from the back, pray for me, because the religious, spiritual people, a lot of times, all they do is talk, they pray long, they pray long, and ain't got no power, but let somebody little mediocre come up, do the walk with God, pray for about two minutes, and let the power fall on you, and you'll be, man, never mind, I better get off this, I'm gonna security, Real power is equated with actions of love. When we perform actions of love, we experience that power. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians, write this down. I'm not going to it, but write these scriptures down and it'll help you. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. And 1st Thessalonians 1 and 5, 1st Corinthians 2 and 1 and 1st Thessalonians 1 and 5 will help you understand that real power is equated to actions of love. Paul wanted not to hear their words, but to see their actions. And he said at the end of the text, he says, what do you want me to do? You want me to come with a strong rod? You want me to come or do you want me to come with gentle actions of love? I want you to understand that the kingdom comes when we point to actions of love the rule and the authority of God's kingdom is found in his Holy Spirit when we create actions of love. Watch this now. Let's look for a moment at how that rule manifests. As I said, the rule of God's kingdom has come to make a sweeping reform in the earth. Remember? I said the kingdom of God has come to make a sweeping reform. In other words, to make the earth better. That's what it is. So let's look for a moment at how that manifests. Look at this text. The text then in verse number, let's see, Matthew 12 and verse 28 says, watch this, he says, but if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. So listen, listen, I said before that this kingdom uh, uh, manifests and we need this power. But now, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, listen, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, that is power then the kingdom is upon you. It's here. Let's look at the text again. Look at the verse. He says, if I am casting out demons, how? By the spirit of God, which is the power. If I'm using the power, then what? The kingdom of God. So if I do the act of casting out a demon, then the kingdom of God has what? It has arrived among you. So if I do something with the power then the it, it it identifies that the kingdom is here so let's reverse that if i don't use the power then is the kingdom here am i keeping the rule of god over the earth from ruling in domains and territory in other words am i keeping power from houses <laughs> because I'm not tapping into the power plant. So watch this now. One way the kingdom manifests is when we are able to cast out. So let's focus on that first part of the text, which says, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, let's focus on that. The kingdom we know is manifest if there's casting out. What does casting out mean? It means to forcefully remove It means to drive out. It means to expel a person. It means to compel to depart. It means get out of here. It it means remove with sternness. It means get serious about it. It means full force, not the group, but full force, force overcoming opposite force. In other words, greater force than the force of the devil. Are you tracking? So that's what casting out is. Now watch this. A test, listen, casting out, listen, casting out is a test to see if we have power. It is to test our ability to cast something out. If everything you speak to ignores you, then you have no power. If you can't cast anything out, then that means you have no power. Are you getting what I'm saying? That God allows us tests to see how we use power. And when we use the power, if we use it correctly, the kingdom is here. Do you remember the story about the disciples? They ran to Jesus because the man with the demon came to them and they couldn't cast the demon out. They ran to Jesus and said, why can't we cast this demon out? And Jesus said, some things don't come out, but with much fasting and praying. In other words, you haven't developed a lifestyle that taps into the power great enough to be able to cast it out. So watch this. This means that there are degrees of things in your life that come that maybe, you know, as a baby Christian, you can cast some stuff out. But there's some stuff that's going to require you to study. It's going to require you to pray. It's going to require you to fast. It's going to require you to hunkle down and to really focus. And the point is, the reason that is, is God wants to see you tap into greater layers of power. Sometimes I can watch my year. I say last year it was easy for me to do that, but this year it seems hard. What is God doing? He's testing me to tap in to more power. Some of you in 2022 need more power for the things that you are facing. You have got to get beyond the stuff that is ignoring you. If everything that you're speaking to you to is not moving, then you need to tap into the power. You need a greater level because cast the ability to cast something out helps you be able to bring the kingdom down and his rule. Without the power, you will never be able to rule it. So many of us, continue on in complicity and complacency with stuff in our lives that should have been cast out a long time ago because we refuse to go deeper in God to tap into the power. Uh, Never mind. The second point of this text said it's a condition. He says, if I'm casting out demons by the spirit of God. He says, then the kingdom of God. So there's a condition. He says, if you see this happening, there is no doubt that the rule of the kingdom is here. So listen to what I'm saying. The emphasis is on removing the doubt. We want the world to be without doubt. So he says, if you see this, we remove the doubt that the kingdom is here. So the emphasis is trying to get the world to not doubt that the kingdom is here and if I had my druthers, I would say the church is pretty weak today. It isn't dispelling doubt in the world. Instead, it is creating greater confusion. We lack power to cast out just about anything. Hello? We lack power to cast out personal sins, We can't even get rid of sin in our life a little bit at a time. I'm not talking about, you know, a sweeping, you know, all of a sudden I'm clean. I'm talking about this year, last year you smoked eight cigarettes, but this year you smoked two. All I'm trying to say is that every year, cat dog it, we ought to see a progressiveness of sin being eradicated in our life. Hallelujah. I feel a praise coming because I know I done put some things down, uh, but there is a lack of power in the church to get rid of toxic people. Some people can't get rid of the toxicity in your life and you are not able to cast it out. The church can't. Can't get rid of you. Listen, there are too many illegitimate projects. In other words, you are working on stuff that the the job hasn't even ordered you to work on. You are still working on projects from three years ago that have been long done and over, but you lack the power to say, I'm done with you. You lack the power to say, we're finished. You lack the power to say, I quit you. You lack the power to say, I'm leaving you. Pack your bags, get up and get out if you're not married or you not whatever your situation is. What I'm trying to say is we can't say no to people. Something as simple as telling no, we'll run ragged dry from Santa Ana to Oakland just to try to pick somebody up because they depend on you. I can't come get you, boo. Somebody else got to come and do this. We are running ourselves stressful. We're falling out because of depression. We don't have the ability to let go of things and people that are destroying us. And yet we say we the church. We're the church of the living God and we've got power. Well, you don't have power. You don't have power to pay your rent on time. You don't have power to keep the people from foreclosing on you every year where is your power what I'm trying to say is your power is not relegated to the church your power must manifest in you acting right you being healthy you eating right you responding right you stopping doing drugs smoking herb cussing lying stealing and cheating I'm going go down the list. one to keep going no never mind all right so the point is you've got to get a ground sweeping relationship with the holy spirit and allow him to impact your relationships in the world and that's why I'm starting the year off teaching about the Holy Spirit I'm teaching about the Holy Spirit because we need power I'm gonna say this I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say it's not that we need more church we need more power we equate the fact that I went to church with power you ain't good you went to church and you still a weak little hermit you ain't got no power you can come right out of church and go get drunk you come right out of church and go act a fool why because you didn't access the power Power. Church is not the power. The Holy Spirit is the power. Oh, they're going to kick me out to church. I I know. I'm going to get a letter. Listen, but more importantly than removing doubt is the establishing the presence of God's kingdom. It establishes the kingdom. The text suggests that when we operate in power, we bring the presence of the kingdom because the presence of the kingdom is the power of God's rule. So when I'm able to cast out, watch this now. When I quit you, when I break up with you, when I leave the job, when I change venues, when I stop doing what I'm doing, I actually bring the kingdom of God. It means that the rule of God is in that place. When you respond properly, when you don't cuss back, when you don't key their car, when you don't put sugar in the tank, what do you do? You bring the rule of God in that situation. It's like, you're saying, I'm not going to get you, but God will. In other words, let people act up. You don't act up with them. Your actions bring the rule of God and we won't be able to bring in God's kingdom if we lack power to drive out the devil's kingdom. Every time we drive out, cast out the devil's kingdom, we bring in God's kingdom. God's kingdom can't come in if you don't cast out. God's kingdom can't come in if you don't cast out. You want things to get better, but they will not get better because you won't let go of something that God told you to let go. And the reason you can't let go is because you don't have the power to let go. Can you imagine? Watch this now. We need power to hold real strong, but nobody ever thinks about you need power to release your fingers. How much power does it take to let go of something? It's not a lot, but how much power does it take to hold the knob real strong so nobody can't turn it? It takes nothing to release the knob so it can turn. God said, you're so weak you can't even lift your fingers to let go uh, of what is not good for your life. Our inability to drive things out that shouldn't be there fails to make room for the things that should be in our lives. That's the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting people go so that you can let in The people who are going to love you and reciprocate in your life. So many times we hold, we hold, and we hold. And when you hold, you're weak. And many people say, I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong man. Because you're holding everybody up. No, you're not strong. You're weak. You're strong when you let go. Because when you let go, you give God the rule and the power. Let's go a little deeper. Let's wrap this up. I'm almost out of time. Here we go. Check this out. The last one, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power to go about doing good. Look at this text. The text says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed him. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So look at the words that are bolded. God anointed spirit power doing good. God was with him God anointed spirit power doing good God was with him let me talk first about this concept of being anointed now, what does anointed mean the Bible says God was anointed was anointed with the power how do you how do you get how do you get it on you let me, let me tell you, let me, let me, this morning ain't nobody here I'm virtually online. Ain't no church out there, literally. But I put cologne on. I smeared it on me. I sprayed it on me. Sometimes I like to spread it on my clothes because Joy liked to smell it when she come up, cuddle on me, <laughs> on my chest. She liked to smell it. So, Ooh, you smell good. You smell manly. She said, you smell like a man. I put the, I put the cologne on me. In other, and I pop it on my face. What am I doing? I'm anointing. In other words, I'm taking. Listen, I'm taking the power of the fragrance. And I'm mixing it with the chemistry of my body. Ah, God, watch this. What is spiritual anointing? Spiritual anointing is taking the Holy Spirit. It is taking the anointing and smearing that oil on you. It is rubbing it. It is rubbing that oil all over your body. It is making, oh God, it is taking the things of God. It is taking the power of the fragrance of the Holy Spirit and mixing it with the chemical balance of your life, with the spiritual balance of your life. So what is anointing? Anointing is making sure that before you go out, and I, I know a buddy, I, I like I like multiple anointings. So I you know I, I I anoint myself with cologne and I go out. I don't carry the bottle with me uh, if I'm going to be gone for a few hours. It's already wear off. It wear off. But a buddy of mine he carries a sack and he keeps the cologne in there. And so he gets a refresh, he gets a and I you know that ain't so bad spiritually that after about the third hour, I'm losing patience after about the fourth, I need a refresh. spray me again, Holy Ghost, in other words, get the word on let it get on you you need a refresh, so anointing is before you start your day, before you go out, before you start telling the kids what to do, anoint yourself with the Holy Spirit, because the text said God anointed Jesus. With the spirit and power to be able to do what? To do good, so that anointing is. Listen, it is getting it on your life. So, when is the last time you felt smeared with the spirit? When is the last time you felt over uh, uh, d- dabbed, dabbed with the Holy Ghost? It isn't physical oil only; it's a spiritual process of being in the presence of God enough to catch the oil running down from heaven, as the oil ran down the beard of the priest. The oil flows down. In other words, it's being close enough to God that the residue of his fragrance gets on your clothes. That out of praise and worship, you got so close to him, you smell like him. I wrote a song years ago called Fragrance, and it said the residue of you is in this place. Have you ever gone somewhere in prayer or in the word or in church and the residue of God's fragrance? Don't you remember church? When church was over, said the benediction, but folk were lingering in the sanctuary because they felt the spirit was still there we don't have church like that no more people would still be at the altar praying and confessing and calling on God and and the church service the benediction was given folk would go into their car but the residue was still in the place the anointing is like oil that drips it lingers it it permeates it it smells it has an aroma it it lingers it moves when is the last Time you sense the Spirit of God moving close enough to you. Ah, the Bible said in Genesis it talked about how the Spirit moved upon the face of the deep, that the Spirit of God was local, it was there when God was speaking things into existence. So, when we accept Christ and are baptized in the water and in the Holy Spirit, we are endowed with power to live the kingdom on earth. That's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is it is to be anointed, it is to tap to the power that God gives you Matthew 6 says it like this watch this now Matthew 6 says thy kingdom come thy will be done in other words actions uh, succeed the kingdom coming do you get what I'm saying in other words wherever there's a kingdom there must be action so the text said he says thy kingdom come thy will be done where on earth how as it is in heaven do you get it now the kingdom rules on earth, but the kingdom is spiritual. So what are we saying? We're saying make your spiritual work in my natural, because wherever the rule is, there ought to be an action. What I'm telling you to do, I'm telling you that God has already ruled in your favor. And what he's saying to you, go do the action in agreement with my rule. My rule is no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Act on that. My our rule is whose report shall you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Act on that. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. That is my rule. Act on that. God has a rule in the kingdom that we are failing to act on. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So once again, it is the actions of Jesus that prove the coming of the presence of of God's rule. He said God anointed Jesus with spirit and power so he went around doing good. Jesus has been declared the king. He is the Messiah. He is the ruler. Matthew 28 says that all power both in heaven and in earth belongs to him. All exousia, all rights, all authority goes to God. He alone is the top dog. He is the HNIC. He is the CEO. He is, watch this, the text says, the Bible says, he is called the Most High. In other words, ain't nobody up above him. Ain't nobody even beside him. He says, I am the Lord and there is none beside me. In other words, everybody else is beneath him. Woo! He is the most high God, and that means he rules over both realms. He sits high, but he looks low. He rules from the throne in heaven, but his rule has power and authority on earth. He calls the shots up there so we can act them out down here. Is anybody getting this? That means he rules in both realms, and now that power has been given us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is powering our city. He is powering our house. He's powering our church. He's powering our job he's powering our finances he's powering our health if you need to be healthy tap into the Holy Spirit the power was for actions of good and those actions display the kingdom so the kingdom is seen when we do good healing the oppressed God is with us he says he went along Healing the oppressed. And what did that mean? That meant God was with them. When you're able to cast things out, when you're able to do the things, the good in the land that God has called you to do, it means God is with you. But if you aren't doing any good, (laughs) I wonder is God with you? Again, I don't care how many scriptures you can quote, I don't care. I don't care. You can quote the Bible from Genesis to the end of Revelation, but you can't love your children. You can't forgive your neighbor. You can't practice self-control. You can't turn down a plate. You can't get yourself together, but you want to come in church and speak in tongues and act like you're spiritually deep. What I want you to understand today is that God is with us in full reign and power whenever we do something good. We all should try to do something good at least once per day. One act of kindness keeps the kingdom standing and keeps the kingdom coming. Everything you do good for someone else keeps the kingdom active. It is the presence of our actions in the world that brings the presence of God in the world. And there's a reason Jesus left the earth. He left the earth so he could leave his spirit that would inhabit all of us and we could thereby reach more people. So our job daily is to get smeared with the oil first. Whatever you do before you go out, get anointed first. Smear that oil on you. Put that put a little dab on you. Get the smell good on. Then go do something good. The result is God's kingdom being present in the world. Have you ever gone out and just tried to do something and it didn't come out the way you thought it would? Everybody misunderstood you? That means you didn't Anoint yourself first. I like to anoint people. And sometimes I have to anoint myself. I have put the oil on my own head. I have anointed myself and laid hands on my own heart, my knees, wherever I need a touch. My conclusion is simply this. I never really gave heed to the intention of the list of terms in the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. The prayer says this. The prayer says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I never noticed that before. The end of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6 says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What is that saying? He says the rain is yours, the kingdom. Thine is the kingdom. The rain is yours. But watch this. I never noticed how it connects. There can be no reign without power. There is, there is a purpose for saying thine is the kingdom and the power. There can be no reign without power. A power. I've never seen that before in all my years of studying scripture. And then I began to look and search. Wherever we see kingdom, there has to be power. Who wants a city that has no power? One of the first things they set up is a power plant. The ability to, 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 to power a city, to give light to it. Why would God set up a kingdom and not give power to establish its rule. So your kingdom come. He says. Your The kingdom is yours. The power is yours. And not only the power. But the glory is yours. He says you get the glory. When the lights come on. Everybody praises you. And he says forever. To all ages. I noticed, never noticed. How the power was associated. With kingdom rule. Don't miss. That the rule in your life the ability to rule and to call shots, you know, shot caller, big baller. The rule in your life is indicative or based on the power in your life. You cannot rule without power. So the reign, the rule belongs to God. His domain far exceeds the church. Start seeing your rule outside of the church. Yes, I'm a pastor, But I want to be a good businessman. I want to be a good neighbor. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good friend. And my friends, we ain't always talking about the church and Jesus. But I must be able to talk to my children with power and never mention Jesus' name. I was talking to my daughter this week and I was talking to her and her friend and I was speaking and I felt his power and I never said God's name. But I knew for that moment I was anointed. So my daughter comes back to me and she says, Daddy, so-and-so said, uh, really appreciated what you said. Said it really stood out to him. Oh, you know why? Because for that moment, his rule was present. The power is the spirit, and the spirit is the power of Christ. His glory must start coming to our lives. Do you know what reviews are? Joy is good at Yelp. She likes going Yelp and write reviews on the website. Those are reviews about businesses. The Better Business Bureau used to be. You know, people write in and complaints and, and good thoughts about, you know, business. Those are reviews. What are people saying about you? What are people writing about you after they visit your house? What are people writing... Thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is a glory. After your actions of power, there is a glory that comes that people should appreciate you helping them across the street. Somebody should turn around and say thank you for feeding them, for buying them groceries, for helping them with their get a job or fix their resume there should be glory that comes and so as we face this new year we must face it with power in a kingdom in which we have access to impact a world who is yet to get to know our majesty and i say this in conclusion Much spirit, much power, little spirit, little power, no spirit, no power. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.